So we've been talking about conversations, informal talks between two people, uh, shares some news or um, informal ideas and it's exchanged. How about them tigers? Huh? I mean, I know you had a few conversations. There was a lot of social media about the tigers, so... Uh, that was a long time coming. Now, regardless of your, I, I, I've been bringing a different coffee mug, but this one was too good not to let this series go by without at least talking. So regardless of your political affiliation, I, I want to share this little mug with you that it's a conversation piece. We have some gag gifts that are given in our family at uh, Carmen's family when we gather, so we don't spend a lot of money on exchanging gifts, but everybody brings a gag gift, and, and uh, you you uh, share it. So a couple of years ago, I got this mug uh, of the president. <laughs> you open it up, and it says, Make Coffee Great Again. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I didn't want to be distracting. I wasn't going to drink out of it this morning. So I'm going to put it back carefully in this little bag here. But uh, it um, that that is a conversation piece, huh? <laughs> Make coffee great again. Y'all know I love coffee too. This particular mug uh, I got when we were doing a man series on model man. Uh, Brother Larry Stogstill was the the leader of that, and uh, men, I think we spent about five or six weeks on it, and it says, From Integrity to Legacy. So when I pull this mug out of the cupboard and I drink out of it, I'm reminded of some of the teaching of that series, and it inspires me to be the model man in my house. God help me to be the priest of my home, to be the leader to be a man of integrity, and to leave a legacy. The kingdom of God spreads one conversation at a time. We've been talking about some of the conversation that Jesus has, and we're talking about this art of making disciples. The art of making disciples is the art of redemptive conversations. We do talk a lot about politics. We do talk a lot about sports. We have a lot of meaningless chatter in our lives. Am I right? <laughs> we talk about a lot of things. I mean, look, as much as I got into that game 20 years from now, it's really not going to matter. Something my son probably would disagree. But in light of eternity, are you with me? There are some meaningful conversations that we must have, that we need to have. And as Tori and I have conversations, we help each other follow Jesus. The art of making disciples is the art of redemptive discussion, of of taking our words and sanctifying them. When I use the word sanctify, we use that a lot here. What does sanctify mean, Pastor? Sanctify, when you sanctify something, sanctify this day. You set it apart for a holy use. You sanctify, your life is sanctified. It is set apart for a holy use. So we're asking God to take our words and make them holy, set them apart, for a holy use. One of the greatest commodities we have is friendships. <laughs> and we can utilize our friendships to help each other follow Jesus. Conversations. 
sanctifying our words so that they can do some good. Our, our theme verse is Psalm 1914. I'd like for you to say this verse with me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God, my strength and my redeemer. I was reading in my private devotions this morning in Psalms 10, and it says, The wicked does not speak of God. God is in none of his thoughts. You see the contrast there? Let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart. But the wicked doesn't even have God in his thoughts. He does not speak of him. Well, we want to be so full of Jesus that it just spills out on us, right? That it gets out on us. Psalm 104, may my meditations be sweet to him. So what we're meditating on will be what we speak. It will come out out of the heart. It proceeds out of our mouth. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Jesus had tons of conversations. Most of them were outside the walls of the church. We've talked about a few of them with Nicodemus, the religious leader. It was at night with the woman at the well, the moral outcast, the Samaritan, the opposite of Nicodemus. He meets her at the community place. He meets her in the middle of the day at the well. We talked about the rich young ruler. He met him on the road. That was a tragic conversation because he did not receive the one thing that Jesus put his finger on in his life. Last week we talked about this conversation that Jesus had with Peter, uh, James and John and their mother. We, we had this helicopter mom conversation. She wanted them to have the place of, of honor in the kingdom. And Jesus had this big conversation about servanthood. Remember, it's not about where you sit. It's about where you serve. Today's conversation actually comes right after that exchange. The disciples, they're on the road to Jerusalem. They're crossing the Jordan. They're coming up to Jericho. And if we have just a short clip this morning, let's watch the video of the scripture lesson this morning. Three of the gospel writers record this conversation for us. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'm going to read to you just a few of the verses from Mark chapter 10. It says that they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, or teacher, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Awesome conversation, huh? Just before this, they've had this fuss. They've had this discussion about who's going to be great in the kingdom of God. And and uh, you remember the other ten disciples were 
greatly displeased with James and John for, for asking Jesus about this. So, and Jesus has this great conversation. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You know when you have a, just a good conversation and you kind of work it out and, and you, you, you finally understand where the other person's come. Sometimes you just kind of have to germinate on it for a little bit, right? Just think about it. And you don't maybe say a whole lot more. I kind of think that's what was happening here. I think it was just like, oh, wow. You know, and, and they're probably thinking, what? Still thinking about this kingdom stuff. And, and they come into town and there's a little bit of discrepancy. Uh, Matthew and, and Luke talk about two men and Mark just talks about one. We believe that there were two. It's the same story. Just Mark's family probably knew because uh, his dad is mentioned here. He's the son of Timaeus that Mark knew the family and as in often the case, there's kind of one spokesman in a group sometimes. And so Bart, as we'll call him this morning, Bartimaeus, he, he seemed to be the, the one that was out there and, and calling out to God, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus the beggar is, is who's having this conversation this morning. I think it's easy for us to ignore people like Bartimaeus. They've been sitting there for some time. They're, they're not able to, to contribute to society the way that, that they want to. And, and there's a, there's some type of deficiency or, or, or problem or need in their life. And I think many of us even, because it's not just physical blindness that I believe Jesus is speaking to in here, it's spiritual blindness as well. I want a beggar sitting by the side of the road and having a great need in my life. And he calls out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And did did you hear what it said? It said, many warned him to be quiet. <laughs> The video didn't capture that as much, but but the fuss, uh, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Can you just keep it down a little bit? Quiet. I mean, Jesus is busy. Jesus got a lot of people to see in Jericho. Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. I'm not sure Jesus has time for you. Can you just keep it down, Bart? Keep quiet. And he called out all the more. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. I believe he had, he had heard about ten lepers that were cleansed. I believe he had probably heard the story of Jairus' daughter who was healed. He had heard there was power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, what's going on? Jesus, I heard Jesus of Nazareth is coming by. I want in on that. I want some of Jesus. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I tell you this morning, don't listen to the crowd. <laughs> if you listen to the crowd, you might miss your miracle. There are plenty of naysayers in this world. There are plenty of voices that will quiet the voice of God in your life if you allow it. Plenty of naysayers. Don't get too radical for Jesus. Don't, no, that, that, God really doesn't mean that. No, no, let us don't, let's don't go that way. Let's don't go that route. Are you with me this morning? 
Plenty of naysayers. Don't listen to the crowd or you might miss your miracle. Thomas Edison's teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything. Thomas Edison was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. As an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. 1,000 unsuccessful attempts. When a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail 10,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Can you imagine telling Thomas Edison, you're not going to amount to anything? Are you glad for your lights? Henry Ford went broke five times before he succeeded. Don't listen to the naysayers. Bartimaeus, the beggar, but we see Bartimaeus, the responder. It says that he cast off his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. There was an activation of his faith. I believe it actually started when he started crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was something stirring down deep in his heart. It was a seed of faith that believed what God said. Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Teacher, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you. And immediately. I like the immediate part. (laughs) Immediately he received his sight and followed you. So what is faith, Pastor? Faith believes what God says and trusts and commits to what he has promised. Believes what God said. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake. Do you trust him with your with his, when he says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a promise from God. That is what God had said. But it doesn't happen until you participate in, until you activate your faith. And so we see Bartimaeus, when he throws off his garment, he starts walking towards Jesus. He is activating his faith. He is believing that Jesus can meet the need of his life. What would happen this morning? What would happen? Would you just think with me for a moment? What would happen if we all collectively and individually believed what God said and then trust and committed to what he has promised? We started acting on it. And I know we've all had some measure of faith in our life, but what if we took it to the next level? What if we activated more faith in our lives? There's another story. It's recorded in John chapter 11. Upon learning of his friend Lazarus' death, Jesus, it says he learned about it and then he hung out where he was staying for two more days. It's like, come on, Jesus, we got a problem over here. We need you to get back and take care of this problem. That's what you would say, right? Well, let me testify for myself, not you. John chapter 11, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been dead in the tomb now for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. He says your brother will rise again. She says, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection. 
the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes, there's that word again, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God who's come to this world. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. The teacher is here. He's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly, went to him. Jesus had not yet entered the village, but still it was at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her. Thought she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place, she saw Jesus. She fell at his feet. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping. He saw all the people around him weeping. He said, where have you laid him? And then one of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture, shortest Scripture verse, 1135, it says simply, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He was a man like we are. He was human. He he felt every pain, every loss. He experienced those types of things. Just as when you're walking through those low places, remember and take encouragement that our Lord and Savior, Jesus, wept. The Jews said, see how he loved him. Some of them said, could he not have opened the eyes of... Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he says, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor. He's been in there for four days. Now, remember, this is Martha who he just said, do you believe me? And she said, yes, I believe you. Moments later, they're having this conversation. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Martha and Mary are just like us. (laughs) We say we believe and then it gets a little tough and we get close to the tomb and we, we, oh, that I've, We start smelling something and we're like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) They took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe, have faith that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus. Come out! (laughs) The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in shreps of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. (laughs) Here's the battle of belief. Here's a conversation happening in a graveyard nonetheless. Happening in a cemetery. Close friends. When we activate our faith, Jesus partners with us. You remember when he told Naaman, go dip in the Jordan River? 
he, he was in the process of healing him, but he had to go dip seven times. He had to be obedient to what God said. So he said this when he preached on Lazarus one time. He, he, the, the miracle wasn't finished until they, I mean, he was alive. He'd come out of the grave, but he's standing there with grave clothes. So he asked that us unwrap the grave clothes. We participate with him in the miracle. At the wedding, go take the, go take the vessels. And as they took them, the miracle happened. As he took the bread and broke it and blessed it, as the disciples distributed, there was plenty of bread and fish for everyone. It's as we participate with the Lord, as we activate our faith, as we come in alignment with what God is already wanting to do. That we begin to see God move. It's where we put the elbow grease to our faith. Last Saturday. In Baton Rouge. There was a young man. He was raised in a Christian home. And rebelled against God. And wayward life. And got into drugs and alcohol. And he was making statements like. I'm going to hell. Last Saturday night, as the disturbance happened in the apartment complex near LSU, cops coming towards him, Benjamin jumped off of a three-story apartment building, landed face flat in the concrete, crushed his skull, his face was massacred and his arm bent. It took him to the hospital I work with Gene and his kids. His kids were there, friends of him, just almost in a round-the-clock vigil praying for Benjamin. Monday, Gene said, I felt something shift. There were hundreds of people praying. Tuesday, he began to make a little bit of response. I asked about his condition yesterday, and he's breathing on his own. His brain swelling is coming down. He's got some voluntary hand movements going on, and he's opened one eye. You see, hundreds of people ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me? Said, what do you want me to do? They said, Jesus, we want you to spare this young man's life. We want you to spare Benjamin's life so that he can give his life to you. Jesus, give him one more moment. Jesus, heal him, touch him, don't let him die. And Jesus has answered their prayer. What do you want Jesus to do today? We sang about it. We preached about it. Jesus speaks life. He speaks life to dead things. Is there something dead in your life? Maybe your relationship with God. Maybe your relationship with a spouse. Maybe a relationship with a child or a parent. Jesus is here today asking us, what do you want me to do? And we can activate our faith and say, Jesus, this is what I want you to do. Bartimaeus said, just touch my eyes that I might see. Jesus said, okay, let's do that. And immediately... He was made whole. 
Jesus speaks sight to the blind eyes. Jesus is in the business of restoring things, rebuilding lives, even lives that are shattered. He'll take all the broken pieces and make something beautiful out of it. He can take a shattered glasses, pieces of our lives and make a beautiful mosaic out of it. That's what he does. Grace and peace. May God treat you better than you deserve peace. May God take all those broken pieces of your lives and put them back together again. What do you want me to do for you? There was another blind person that Jesus healed. This guy didn't even ask for it. They're passing by one day. He and his disciples see this this young man who who sinned, his parents or him. And, and Jesus starts working, putting some mud together and putting it on and tells him to go wash. <laughs> he goes and washes. He gets his sight back. What happened to you? They started casting doubts on Jesus. Well, he must be a sinner. He, he's claiming to be God. And, and we ask his parents. They say, we don't know. We don't want to get in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Go ask him. He's of age. They go ask him. He said, look, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. We sing about that amazing grace. I once was blind, but now I see. When you have an encounter with Jesus, when you have a conversation with Jesus, you have the chance of changing things forever. If you will activate your faith and believe. The desperate father in Mark 9, he says, if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus, if you can do anything, Jesus turns it right around and says, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you'll simply believe. We can boldly believe that Jesus is working through our prayer. Now, it's. I'm going to give you some conditions. You might know this is question five in the discipleship model that I practice in my own life and share with the men and discipleship by Jesus. Question five, Jesus asks, do you believe me? What do you want me to do? The same questions that we've asked today, but there's some conditions that go with that. The first one is the person or group praying must not cherish sin in their heart. Psalm 66 says it like this, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my prayer. So we repent of our sin. We come to Jesus in faith believing. Don't expect God to to answer prayer and to listen if we've not taken care of this of the sin problem in our lives. Number two, we must face and turn from wrong motives. James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. So when you ask, have it with a pure motive of God. This is what I believe you want to do. Are you with me? I'm not preaching that you can just have anything you want because if you're not asking is with the right motive, I don't expect Jesus to answer it. We must pray, number three, in Jesus' name and ask according to His will. John chapter 14, when Jesus is just before He goes back to heaven, He's spending a lot of time, even before He goes to the cross with His disciples, He's saying stuff like, 
And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. (laughs) The challenge for me and you is to ask in accordance to his will and to ask in his name. Don't do this flippantly, my friends. Don't. This is God Almighty. This is partnership with God. So Jesus, help us. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to ask in your name. This is the confidence we have. First John 5, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Jesus wants everybody on this prodigal board to be saved. (laughs) He's not wanting any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not going to force himself. But you and I can participate with God and activate our faith. It is according to your will. God, we are asking in your name. We're pleading the blood of Jesus written in red. We are asking. This is in accordance with your will. But if somebody doesn't pay the price in prayer, pay the price in sacrifice, pray, put on the elbow grease of activating our faith God is limited he chooses to work through you he chooses to work through me he chose to turn over the whole work of the ministry to 12 ordinary men to do extraordinary things for him and guess what you are the fruit of that Today you are His disciples. Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the living God. It it just dawned on me this week as I was praying. My house shall be a house of prayer. And I'm praying God give us intercessors. Make us a house of prayer. But then it just came back to number one. If I expect this to be a house of prayer. I have to be. This house right here has to be a house of prayer. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Pastor. You with me this morning? Number four, we must truly believe that Jesus will answer the prayer. Matthew 21, and he says this several times. I'm just giving you one scripture. Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, you will receive what you ask for in prayer. There's another story of the four men that brought their paralytic friend. They The crowd was there. People had heard about Jesus. Jesus was teaching. He was in the middle of the house. How do we get our friend to Jesus? So they put him on a cot and they took him up to the roof and they took the roof back and they lowered their friend down right into the middle of the house. You know what Scripture says? When Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, He healed the man. It may not be their faith. It may be your faith. It may be our faith. It may be our faith that activates and works on the other end. And God will hear and answer prayer. Do you believe me this morning? Jesus is asking every one of us, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? The story is told of a man who once went to Alexander the Great and asked for for some financial help. Alexander told the man to go to his treasure, ask for whatever he needed. A little bit later, the treasurer came to Alexander and said, look, I'm a little hesitant to give money to this guy. He's asked for an enormous amount. Alexander replied, give him what he asked for. He has treated me like a king in his asking 
So I'm going to treat him. I will, I will be like a king in my giving. <laughs> he honored me by treating me like a king in his asking. So I'm going to treat him as a king in my giving. We have the access to the king of kings, the Lord of lords. We have access to salvation. We have access to life eternal. We have access to hope. And my friends, I'm, I'm so frustrated with the enemy that uses this anxiety and uses depression and he causes a lack of hope in this world. But you and I have the truth today. Jesus Christ living in us. And, and somebody today is a beggar, is a Bartimaeus on the side of the road saying, I don't see it. I don't understand it. What's going on? I have have no hope and Jesus of Nazareth is passing by and he is saying what do you want me to do you see behind Bartimaeus is actually Bartimaeus son of Timaeus <laughs> when I was putting my word document together I, I put blind Bartimaeus and then I went back and changed it and I just said Bartimaeus I mean we don't really want to focus on that he was blind, no, since Jesus touched him, he's been seeing Bartimaeus. He is Bartimaeus, his name actually means son of honor, son of royalty. Jesus knew that there was potential in old Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road. Please help me, please help me, please, please. His destiny, his name was son of honor, son of royalty. And when he connected with Jesus, everything changed. Today, some are spiritually blind. Today, I want to give you an invitation to follow Jesus. See, Jesus said it like this. Unless you are born again, you shall not see the kingdom of God. You say, how does that happen, Pastor? We simply admit that we're a sinner. We confess our sins to Him. And we believe. We believe in the cross. We believe that Jesus died in our place. There, there, sin separates us from God. And so we need a Savior. We need someone to take our place. So we believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died for our sins. He was buried and He rose again. He is the resurrection and the life. Scripture says if you believe that, you shall be saved. And then we have the privilege of walking with you. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. What do you want me to do for you this morning? What do you want Jesus to do for your family? I've testified. We went almost 30 years Praying for Carmen's brother. Do you believe me? Today Jesus has radically transformed his life. Is he where we want him to be? Maybe not. But he's not where he used to be. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. What do you want Jesus to do? What do you want Jesus to do? If you were sitting here at this table, just you and Jesus, and he looked right over at you and said, Wayne, Brandy, Nick, Carl, what do you want me to do? What would you say? What would you ask him for? 
Can I tell you, he's here today. He wants to meet our needs this morning. What do you want me to do? Jesus is here this morning. Jesus is passing by. Can we say with Bartimaeus today, Jesus, son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. There would be those that would tell us to quiet down. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't go that way. Jesus is too busy. No, he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. Said, come to me. (laughs) Bartimaeus threw his coat off and he arose. He activated his faith and he came to Jesus. Jesus touched him and he was made to see. What do you want Jesus to do today? Stand with me this morning. We're going to close with a powerful time of prayer this morning. And I'm going to open up this altar. If you just want to come say, Pastor, I have a need in my life. I need God to do something. I need God to do something. Let's just be honest before God today. These altars are open this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus is passing by. What do you want him to do this morning? What do you want him to do this morning? What do you want me to do for you this morning, son, daughter? What do you want me to do for you? Anybody else this morning just want to step out and say, God, I need you to do something in my life. I'm tired of carrying this by myself. I need your help. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe I can trust you with this today.
Let's pray together this morning. I just want you to know whatever the Spirit of God is saying to you, just take it by faith today. Trust and believe the promises of God. There, there's many, 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 many promises in here, and I've not known of one of them to fail. I've not not one of the good promises to fail. And so, Lord, we activate our faith today. I thank you for every heart that is here today. Lord, some of us are trusting you with our lives. God, some of us are trusting you with the future, God. Some of us are bringing uh, some pain today, God. Some of us bring a need for, for wisdom and guidance, Lord. And I pray that you download exactly what we need today, God. Lord, this is what we need you to do, God. I need you to speak life to the dead places, oh God. Lord, in our, in our city, in our nation, in our state, God, we activate our faith for a move of God today, Lord. You're already moving. We're seeing pockets of revival. But today, Lord, we need you to move anew and afresh on us, God. It's us standing in the need of prayer today, God. Revive us, renew us, refresh us, oh God. Send a wave of your glory over this nation, over the, the church, God. Revive your church today, oh God. Lord, the Spirit of the Lord led us to a valley. And it was very dry. But today, God, we prophesy to the dead places. We prophesy to dead bones. These bones shall live, God. The joints are coming together. The muscles are coming on, Lord. There's flesh on the bones, God, but there's no life. And so we prophesy to the breath, God. Speak life, Lord. Speak life into our home. Speak life into our community. Speak life into the church, God. Breathe on us, breath of God, and change us, O oh God. Renew us and refresh us today. God, we leave here today with an expectancy that you have met with us, that you are going to meet with us, that you will go before us this week. Lord, we're going to see some Bartimaeuses this week. We're going to meet some people that don't have any idea what's going on. What's going on in this world. They're spiritually blind. God, we can tell them Jesus is Nazareth is passing by. Have mercy on them, O oh God. God, I pray that every one of us would, would be intentional about a redemptive conversation. Let it ripple out, Lord. Don't let us leave this place and, and just go and, and relax and, and come back next week. But Lord, You have a mission for us to do this week. And so dismiss us from this place on mission for Jesus. Let the words of our mouth, let the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to You, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Just offer your mind, offer your lips to Him today. Offer your hands and your feet to Him today and say, Lord, lead me. Guide my conversations this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in His peace. Shake hands with your neighbor. Go have some redemptive discussions this week.